Hello and welcome back to the Dragons on the Table podcast, the podcast where I recap the D&D sessions that I enjoy with my friends. This week, I got to jump back into the captain's chair and play DM, which was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I've put a lot more effort into the encounters, focusing more on the encounters, a little less on story, although you probably wouldn't believe that from the podcast last time. I did put a ton of time into that prologue, but I also put a lot more time in that than I think I will in the future because it is the finale and I wanted it to be meaningful for everybody. Anyway, it was really fun and really satisfying for me because I felt like I was able to see a lot of the things that I've been learning over the last few months kind of come into play. And it was just, again, just really satisfying to kind of see that play out in a really fun and enjoyable session. It was a lot of fighting, but it was also just a lot of laughs and a lot of uh, really good witty comments and there was also some nail-biting there, too. Uh, we had a couple of touch-and-go moments that I'll talk about that were just really added to it, I felt like. It was a really fun session. So, as I talked about in the last episode, which was the audio form of the prologue for this campaign, quote-unquote campaign, very short campaign, I explained that it is the end of the world, that they are being sent to a sort of pocket dimension in the abyss or the hellish plains to fight their way through demons to capture or to acquire the seed of the world, which is a magical seed that is basically the essence of all the goodness that existed in this world, and they are going to plant it in the eternal plains and recreate or start anew the cycle of the world. And so we ended that prologue with Hannah casting a magical spell to send them here. And upon doing that, they awoke to find themselves in a large room. Now, Cole and uh, Yavelda's players were not able to make it. Mika and Brant were not able to be here. And so they, uh, their characters just... Basically, they, they were glitching. They didn't quite wake up from this teleportation spell, and so they were sidelined. I was going to try and run them, but I didn't have the character sheets, and there was already so much going on with the monsters. I was adding a lot of, I was adding a lot of variety to the fights. In past uh, D&D sessions, I usually just pick one type of monster and multiply that until the encounter is what I thought balanced. And that makes for more boring fights. So I had at least two types of monster in every fight. And that made it a lot harder to run. But it was also, I think, a lot more enjoyable for everybody. So trying to run multiple monsters on top of running uh, Mika and Brant's characters was just... It wasn't going to work. So we ended up just sidelining them. And I tried to scale the fights. I was using the mechanics in the Dungeon Master's Guide to, again, quote-unquote, balance these encounters. Uh, D&D intentionally is designed to not be super across the board with their encounter balances. For example, we had two fights tonight that were classified as hard. And one was 
significantly easier than the other. Then again, they were also, it was the, the first fight, and so they were more geared up and had a lot more spells and stuff that they could use as, well, as the third fight. They did three encounters. The third fight was also hard, and it was a lot more difficult. But I think the monsters in the third one were more challenging. Let me just jump into what happened so it's all lined out in a chronological fashion. I'll stop jumping around like I do. So as I said, they awoke in a large room. Uh, Cole and Yvelda were out of commission temporarily. Everybody decided not to worry about it because you got to be a little bit meta in these situations. The room was eight-sided. Uh, on each of the sides or each of the eight walls was a door. One of them was unique. Seven were identical. One of them was a little bit more grand, a little bit bigger than the others. In the middle of the room, there was also a table, a seven-sided table. Although, when I showed them the picture, I forgot that I accidentally made it a uh, just a round table. But on that table were seven sort of divots, sort of bowls carved out of this stone table. And in each of the bowls was a symbol. There was a sword, a flame, an owl, a music note, uh, or no, not a music note, a uh, uh, inking quill, a set of scales, a sort of steamy mug that looked very much like a coffee mug, and a ship. Then the so they figured that these seven divots somehow correlated with the seven different doors that were identical, and they decided to just open one and go through and see what happened. They found themselves in kind of a swampy terrain. And on the far side was a big sort of stone skull sticking out of the ground. And there were tombstones scattered around. They... I just remembered right now that there was supposed to be a lot more difficult terrain in this, in this fight. And I completely forgot to include that. So... The fight would have been a little bit harder, uh, but, you know, it was fine. So, they, f in the, out, ah, let me try again. Just uh, away from this giant stone skull was a vampire. And he was holding this round sphere of a brownish color. And they were able to kind of tell that it would perfectly fit into one of the grooves in the stone table in the main room. And he, you know, taunted them, said they wouldn't give it to him. I was just coming from work, so I wasn't really had my head in the whole role-playing game yet. So kind of was stupid, whatever he said. I'm not going to repeat it. But basically, they, they attacked. Fight started. Uh, they... As soon as they attacked, the sort of one round happened, and then he summoned a bunch of other vampires who jumped in. So it was him and three other vampires. So kind of a vampire lord and some minions. And they fought. At one point, he climbed up like a spider on top of the skull, and that, because they were doing tons of damage to him. And they had Bob there who was able to do radiant damage, so he wasn't able to do his uh, regeneration ability. And... They were cleaning house pretty quick. So he climbed up. He kept trying to stay away from them, stay in the fight. He turned into mist at one point and shot away. But they were they were doing well. They were holding their own. 
Cafe was just cutting these vampires to pieces. Cafe has a vorpal sword in one hand and a sort of sharpness in the other. And in my naivety as an early DM, I gave him an extra attack. And then later on through his leveling up, he got another attack. So he's able to take three attacks and he's dual wielding. So he's able to take four attacks each round with these swords. He does a ton of damage. And it's kind of ridiculous and super overpowered, but it's also a lot of fun. So he was just chasing these vampires around, cutting them to ribbons, while Bob used his uh, lightsaber, basically, his son's sunblade, uh, and took on the vampire boss. Zixia was using her hiding bonus actions to kind of be able to get advantage of sneak attack and just popping out of the bushes, shooting people. And dealing a ton of damage that way. It was really cool. Really fun to watch. They really just cleaned house pretty quickly. Zixia actually managed to get the killing blow on the big vampire. He wasn't physically bigger. He was just he was a vampire warrior by stats. The others were vampire spawn. And they picked up the little ball. And then made their way back to the main room. Then... Uh, Zixia picked the next door and they walked through and they found themselves in a very different situation they were back to where Aoa fought Nikoe in her trial to earn the right of being queen of the Wood Elves Zixia also noticed that she had the wish sword and it was recharged and she had the power to cast a wish Last time, she cast a wish to cure Nikoe of his vampirism, and it got Aowa banished and broke my campaign. This time, she chose to not, and to just let the fight go. And Aowa did indeed beat Nikoe. As soon as Nikoe died, everything faded to black, and they were just in this void room. And they found themselves standing very close to Aowa. Ewa pulled her spear out of Nikoe, turned to Zixia, and just screamed, Why did you let me do that? And then a couple of shadow demons appeared, and they had to fight Ewa. Now, Ewa is a homebrew character. I just kind of took bits and pieces from other things and put them together, and I had no idea what I was doing. So, she had like 300 hit points and was able to attack three times, but they were able to do a lot of flanking, and they managed to... Uh, get some really good attacks on her, and they eventually dropped Aowa and the Shadow Demons. Cafe mostly cleaned up the Shadow Demons, and Bob was the one who did the killing blow on Aowa. As Aowa died, she turned to Zixia and said, You were right the first time. And then she died, and like the Shadow Demons, she just kind of disappeared into dust. However, her spear, which she fought with, stayed behind, and it sort of shrank and melded uh, morphed into another sphere. This one was green. They took that back to the main room and they picked one more door. This door led them into the lower levels of the Paladin Shrine. This is in the first when it was just uh, Abby, Anton, and Valerie playing. This was when they went and rescued Hannah from the Paladins, from the Paladin Ke uh, Keisha, to be specific. And 
that was kind of what started everything. The inside was a Merolith, who is a massive demon with a snake's lower body, uh, the upper body of a woman who has six arms wielding six swords, and then there were five rocks, who are these sort of vulture demons who have this really fun but also super annoying spore attack. The fight broke out, and it was a fight. This one was kind of scary for me. I was not sure how it was going to go because I was kind of scaling these down for only three players off the cuff. I was trying to use Kabold Fight Club, and it, you know, it, it wasn't, I wasn't sure if I was getting it perfectly right. I, I used Kabold Fight Club for the first one. The second one I couldn't use because of, uh, oh yeah, because Aoa, uh, she's kind of a rough estimate for what it was, so I wasn't able to use that to get an exact skill down. And this one I just took off the same number of minions as I did last time, hoping that it would be fine. But I probably should have actually used Kabold Fight Club to see what the challenge rating would be, because it was, it was hard. The Merolith is able to make six attacks with her arms, and they all have a plus nine to hit. She's also then able to make a seventh attack with her tail, and if she hits somebody, not only does she deal damage, but she grapples and restrains them. Now, they were really smart, and Bob took point against the Merolith. Bob has a cloak, a displacer cloak, which gives disadvantage to all attacks against him, I think. I haven't actually looked it up. I should probably double-check that. But, I mean, it it's still a really powerful item. And so, once he gets hit, the other attacks don't have advantage. So, he was able to... So, if Merlith did land one of the seven hits, then the others would just be normal straight hits. But twice, twice she attacked him seven times... And missed seven times. Because their armor class is just insane. But he was still taking point on it. And so he was taking quite a bit of damage. Because she was landing some hits. At one point I forgot that the Displacer Cloak's advantage. Or just yeah, disadvantage was negated. Because he was flanked. That was on me. But it was probably good. Because she rolled three natural 20s that time. All of which were negated because of the disadvantage. So, I don't know if he would have made it through that part. I don't think he... I mean, he wouldn't have out and out died, but he may have been knocked unconscious. Cafe and Zixia had a really good system going. He was able to uh, hit his four times and not quite bring the Brocks all the way down to the bottom, but then Zixia would come up behind and just finish him off. And so they were working their way. I had four of these Brocks, and their first attack is a scream attack, and if somebody fails... The save, they're stunned. The only person who failed these, they did it four times. The only person who failed that scream was uh, Bob's owl. Or yeah, he has he had an owl familiar. Unfortunately, the owl familiar was up in the air, so it fell and took a point of damage and was lost. Then the rocks also have this weird spore attack, which they just radiate, you know, out from them, they radiate these spores that do poison damage and require a constitution save. And if you don't make the save, then you take poison damage 
every round until you make the save. Again, they're really high level, so a DC 14 save isn't really out of the question. But there were a couple times they got poisoned, and that's another thing. They had the poisoned effect, which gave them disadvantage on their attacks and ability checks. So it was a hard fight. Not only did you have the Merolith wailing on Bob seven times each round, but you also had these Vrocks who had a, a recharge. The recharge was six, so it wasn't happening every time. But, you know, they, they had these Vrocks throwing out all of these poisonous spores, and then on top of that, they were able to make two attacks. So it was getting a little rough. They used a lot of abilities, a lot of spell slots. I think Bob may be out of spell slots, which is scary because there are four more doors, not including the big one. However, next time they will have two more players helping. Anyway, it was it was a fight. However, they managed to to finish them off. Bob and Zik or Cafe and Zixia finished off the Brocks, and then they were able to help with the Merolith. In fact, I think maybe Zixia once again got the killing blow on this one. I can't remember. It was Zixia or Bob. Anyway, that was that was the session. They uh, oh, I should mention that the sphere was found in the exact same spot that Bob had found the Sword of Truth. He had made a history check and was able to rec remember that when they opened the sarcophagus, it was the same sarcophagus where he'd found that sword. Then they came out and they started talking about maybe what the table means and the riddle in the middle, which I forgot to read to you. There was a riddle also on the table. It reads, to every lock there is a key, and to every key there is a hand, but hands must work in ordered flow from simple start to bitter end. Yes, I wrote that to myself. Anyway, so then they started talking about possibilities. They do believe that there is an order in which these uh, balls, these spheres need to go into the slots. And they are able, they are starting to kind of make some guesses as to what the symbols mean. They're not sure if they, you know, they're not sure exactly what these things tie to, but they're making some guesses. And that was where we decided to end. We only did three. I mean, we probably could have gone a little bit longer, but it was it was a lot of fighting. I think everybody was pretty ready to just call it. And plus, we wanted to save more of the campaign for Brandt and Mika. So, that was it. That was everything that happened. And I had so much fun. Whoever's listening to this, thank you. That was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it, and I'm really looking forward to next week. Quite possibly... Maybe not, but quite possibly uh, this campaign will be all done by the end of next week. It would be a longer session, though, so we'll see. They got through They got through three encounters, and yeah, judging by how many I have, it's possible that they could be done at the end of, this next, uh, at the end of next week. And then we'll probably jump back into Brant's, although we did start talking a little bit about sometime down the road maybe running water deep. But we won't do that probably until Brant's done with his campaign. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thank you also to my players for playing. It was a blast, and I will see you all next week.